Welcome to tonight's special event at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. To introduce our guests this evening, please welcome guest moderator, editor at large Grazia, Angela Batolf. I just want to introduce the bloggers that we've got tonight. Um, we have Ella from La Petite Anglaise. We have Emily from Fashion Foie Gras. And we have another Ella from Coco's Tea Party. Um, so I'm going to refer to them by their blog names tonight to avoid any doubling up Ella confusion. <laughs> um, so has anyone been to one of our blogger workshops before? Any repeat customers? <laughs> the Apple guys have. <laughs> we're kind of running this series because we're really obsessed with blogs at Grazia. And we know that you guys are also kind of really obsessed with blogs and you're either thinking of starting a blog or already writing a blog. Has, who's got a blog here already? Lots. Yeah. And who's thinking of starting a blog? Lots. Very good. So um, we, we do this thing at Grazia where we kind of, we call it a blogger brag. And we get people to kind of just <laughs> <laughs> their blogs. I told them I wouldn't do this, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, so, Ella, do you want to do a blog brag? Oh, yeah, promise you weren't going to do this. But um, I suppose it's quite hard to say what makes your blog unique or why people should read it. But mine is very much kind of my experiences in the industry and my take on it. So it's a personal point of view. Very good, very good. Emily? Uh, so Fashion Fogwa is a news blog mostly. Uh, it started out with delivering fashion news 24-7, and I pretty much stuck to that at least 18 hours a day. Uh, and now it's more lifestyle-driven, luxury, what's happening in fashion. So not so much just news, but great purchases, great places to visit. So it's really lifestyle and luxury mixed in with breaking fashion news. Thank you. And Ella? Um, so Coco's Tea Party, first of all, was really old. It was one of the first ones, so that sets it apart. Um, and it's more kind of feature-driven. I do lots of shopping content. I'm always kind of looking for great things that you should be buying. And also, I put a lot of celebrity stuff up there because I'm really interested in what people are wearing in Hollywood. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Very good. <laughs> These guys were at the Hunger Games premiere last night. Yes. And they, they've just missed Stanley Tucci on this very stage. So we're very upset. Yeah. <laughs> we might be in the same seat as one of us. So, um, I mean, Ella was talking about how her blog's really old. She started in 2006, which is, I'm sure you agree, kind of one of the early ones. Is anyone here, do you follow these guys? Put your hand up if you follow any of the bloggers here. Some, and some new potential customers, which <laughs> <laughs> is great. Um, so tell us how, how you got started and what you were doing before you were blogging. Well, before I was blogging, I was at school. <laughs> so I started Le Petit Anglais. I mean, I'd never even read a blog as far as oh, I was... Oh, really? No. no how I don't think how I did you know about blogging then? Weirdly, my mum read an article, I think maybe in Grazia, oh. um, about Susie Lau and Ta uh, mm. Style Bubble and Tavi Gevinson. and was kind of, kind of ripped out. I was like, oh, you like fashion, you like writing, you should do this. And I was like, no, 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 don't be ridiculous. Oh, my God. No. I think a lot of people's mothers would be like, whatever you do, don't get into blogging. Yes. <laughs> okay, I don't know what she, It was just a whim. Random thought. <laughs> How cool. And then I was going to Paris to do this internship. So I thought, kind of, you know, I've actually got something to write about. Who were you interning with? Um, it was with a really small brand called Baron Baron. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which was really, it was amazing. And I being in Paris for the mm. summer and I started blogging. I mean, I had about one follower, well, maybe two, my mum, <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> and it was that, that way for a while, but I carried on going and I'm very glad I did. So was it like, a, initially, it was like a diary? Yeah, it's still, in, in many ways, it's still a diary of what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, what brands I love. But it's obviously evolved quite a lot 
and hopefully got better because some of the first posts I do read back over them and wince a bit and when I see the pictures they're all pixelated and about that big. Oh my god, hilarious. And do you, do you remember your first post and what it was about? I do, I think it Ella, was... Ella, you know why I'm asking <laughs> this. Oh yeah. Ella's got a particularly good first post. <laughs> we'll get to her shortly. <laughs> I think my first post was on London fashion. Oh, right, cool. Just, I think it was just kind of a rant about why London fashion was great, to be honest. But yeah, I think that was mine. Fantastic, oh, that sounds brilliant. Um, and Emily, tell us, what were you doing before and how did you get into it? I'm sort of the grandmother of blogging, I feel like. <laughs> I'm 33 and um, I had 10 years working as head of PR for an auction house in London. And the blog is four years old. It's not as old as Ella's, although I was reading Ella's song before I started mine. Um, <laughs> and I did read a lot of blogs, which is actually why I ended up starting one, um, just because I had been reading so many, and I thought so many people had such wonderful things to say. But I also thought there was room for something different. <laughs> so I started the blog four years ago while I had a full-time job. And after three years of writing it, I thought, actually, maybe this might be something I can do full time. I took the biggest leaps of leaps, went into my managing director's office and said, it's been great, but I'm going. And uh, I haven't looked back, hoping, fingers crossed, it all continues to go well. And uh, yeah, so that's how it started. That's brilliant. We're going we're gonna to get to kind of how you ended up being full-time bloggers okay. in a minute. But that's really good. So it's three, how old's your blog? It's four years now, oh. but one year of doing it full-time. See, that isn't that old. Like, it is actually, I mean, surprisingly, it is old. You talk to the mm. majority of bloggers I talk to, and actually a lot of the successful mm. ones I've talked to have started in the last two years. Mm -mm. So if you look at the people that have really risen mm. very quickly, mm. a lot of their blogs are only 24 mm. months old. So for the people that really want to get mm. into it or maybe haven't started it, it's I not think too late. Yeah, I think people think that it's too late to do that and that it's yeah. absolutely not too late. So four years, it's old, actually. <laughs> not <laughs> as old as this one. Old school. <laughs> now, Ella, too old. 2006, so old. like, how did you even? know about blogging at that point? Well, I kind of didn't. Like, that, there weren't really any blogs out there. I think Style Bubble existed, but it was maybe, like, one or two months old, and I, I don't think she'd quite you know, Susie hadn't become Susie yet. But it was still you, very small. Had you read Style I didn't. Bubble, I didn't know her blog. Right. No, I, I know she was before me, but I didn't know her blog. There was an article in Teen Vogue where you know how they do, like, looking in the bedroom of, like, the daughter of someone who works there. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, and I blog after school. And I was like, what is this? Yes. I'm going to do this. Um, and so I just started it completely on a whim as a hobby, not knowing what it would become, not knowing what it could be, what it was going to be. There was no one that I looked up to at that time, mm. so it was literally me looking at magazines and then basically kind of putting my own spin on everything that was in magazines. And then suddenly it all kind of spiraled. Everyone wanted to be a blogger. Everyone was blogging. And I was like, oh, I was, I was in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I kind of just stuck with it seven years later. No. So, I mean, there must be kind of, you know, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's never too late to start blogging. Yeah. And it's amazing how huge, like, we, we talked to a lot of kind of big bloggers who literally just started two years ago. So I think it's, it's not too late to start. But yeah. equally, what are the kind of advantages that you have from just sort of being 
being, having done it for I longer? I think the fact that I was one of the first in London specifically meant mm. that when that bubble kind of burst and brands really wanted to get involved with bloggers, I had the benefit of already having a blog that was kind mm. of semi-established and I had that readership there. Because mm. I know when Burberry returned to London Fashion Week, there weren't that many bloggers that they could invite. And so I was invited to the show and my traffic wasn't that good back then. It was maybe 2009 and my writing wasn't that great either. But because there wasn't that big selection, I got to go and that really opened the door for me and it made me treat the whole thing more professionally. And if that happened now, I don't think someone in my position back then would have got that opportunity. So I guess... So you've, I have to say you're very modest as well, though, because you kind of, like, you're, 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 very, you're really putting yourself down. You, <laughs> well, like. well, it's because if you look back at my posts from like 2006, 2007, mm. 2008, they're not, they are very filled with typos and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was still at university, I was studying journalism and it was all very me just learning as I was going. It, wa like, it wasn't the professional slick thing that you see now, it was a very slow burn. And I think that's one thing people kind of need to understand that it doesn't always happen overnight. Sometimes you need, you know, it could take years. So, excellent. So, and in your, you are full-time blogging yeah, now. And when did that happen and how did you make the transition? Um, so when I graduated, I did a fashion journalism degree. And when I graduated, it was with the intention that I'd work at magazines. Mm -hmm. And I went straight into full-time internships. And I think two months in when I was working at Marie Claire, mm -hmm. I don't talk about Marie Claire. I won't. Oh, no, that, that will be the last mention. I was like, should I name them? Yeah. No, 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 um, so two months into that, um, there was one morning where I had an email from Channel 4 and an email from Chanel. They both wanted to meet and I couldn't meet with either of them because I was interning. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think maybe I should like <laughs> give it a go, see where yeah. it goes because you don't really turn down Chanel. So. What, what happened with Chanel? What, what did they want? It was just a breakfast that led to nothing. But I was like, great, they're reaching out, they know my blog, and so yeah. this is obviously worth pursuing. And so When Chanel reached out, you've got to, you you know. got to answer that call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Emily, tell us about, so you went in to see your managing editor, and how did you know it was the right time? I don't think I knew. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I look back at it now, and I think it was complete naivety. <laughs> I walked in there, and I, I was all rainbows and sunshine and, and thought it was going to be amazing to do this full time. Uh, and I still think that. But I think if I knew now what I knew then, I probably would have thought twice about it. Um, and actually, I wish somebody told me to buy a business book or a right. book on how to yeah. run a business when I'd quit because running a PR office and then running your own business are two very different things. And running a blog full time is definitely running a business. So if there's one piece of advice I can impart, like know what running a business is about, even if it's buying business for dummies. Mm. Um, I mean, but yeah, but I mean, talking, yeah. talking of sort of business for dummies, like presumably yeah. you're on a salary when you're at, in this position. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there must have been something in your head that kind of, like how did you then give up the salary to do what you I do. think uh, mine's a really similar um, to Ella actually in the fact that it was that I was having to pass up so mm. many opportunities mm -hmm. and that became very frustrating and for me it wasn't Chanel it was Ralph Lauren <laughs> okay. um, yeah. and also actually the final one that came was um, it's funny because I was actually just telling someone this about half an hour ago uh, that I had a call from a PR asking, it was a Monday, and I had a, PR from, a call from a PR asking if I could be on a plane to Egypt on the Wednesday. Oh, wow. And I thought, 
you know, out of all the things I've said no to, this is getting to be ridiculous now, mm. and I'm really shooting myself in the foot, I'm shooting my blog in the foot, and mm. I, I can't take it further mm. unless I really devote everything I have mm. to making it work. Mm. So it just became a point where I knew that the blog wouldn't get any bigger, mm. it wouldn't do any more than it could at that point. So I needed to give everything up to do it. And, yeah. I, and I, I think at that point I said, you know, I can always get another job. I can always go and do something, mm. even if it's going to work at Pret. I can, mm. all, you know, it, mm. it's there's always going to be yeah. something for me to do for work, um, but there's maybe not going to be all the time in the world to jump off this incredible platform yeah. and make the blog work. Yeah. So yeah, I took the leap. I think you have to do it, and mm. I think everyone that you talk to that has done it will tell you they were scared out of their mind, uh, but they did it anyway. And you, do you have an agent? I don't know. Don't. I'm really pushing up against <laughs> doing that. Oh, really? um, I know a lot of people that have gone down that route. Yeah. And I think I'm both hurting and helping myself in doing so. Hurting mm -hmm. because I take it all on myself. Mm. Um, helping because it means I don't have to pay 20% to an agent to yeah. do it. Um, but also because I then have the relationships with all the PRs mm -hmm. and um, all the business getters from the brand side. So those relationships are mine instead of mm -hmm. an agent. So mm. I think, yeah, there's two schools of thought on having mm. an agent. It's definitely not a road I'm going down. Mm. Because there are agencies now that are sort of pretty much devoted to bloggers, aren't there? Oh, yeah, entirely. Yeah. And there are modeling agencies. They handle yeah. bloggers now. There are personal yeah. agents. Um, I know there's a big one out of New York that approached a few of us mm. three years ago mm. um, to join them. And so I think there is, there's a lot to be said for them. Mm. I think it just depends what you're game to mm. do. Mm. Interesting. Ella, you, you, you're with um, a model agent, aren't yes, you? Yes, I'm with Select. Because um, I had modelled for a few years before I started the blog. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And I mean, I'm much too short to ever really do it. Right. But I'd done it and I enjoyed it. And yeah. then as the blog, which, like the others mm. said, it didn't wasn't kind of initial. I started it and boom. Mm. It was a, a, it took a while once mm. it started getting more... Because I do a lot of personal style posts. Mm -hmm. Once you kind of go to stuff, you meet people, you mm -hmm. get a bit more of a kind of profile, I suppose. Mm then it kind of made sense to move the modeling to more of a mm -hmm. special bookings kind of thing. So I'm do with Select through there for that kind of thing. Mm. So when I do a magazine shoot or something like that, that's yeah. usually through them. Yeah. And um, so t tell us how you went full-time, because... I'm actually not full-time. I'm oh, actually a full-time student. Oh! I mean, I'm, I'm I didn't know if you were still studying. Yeah, that's no, don't worry. Every, people are often very surprised when they find yeah. out that I'm studying. I'm um, surprised you have time for yeah, both, actually. It's, the blog has unexpectedly turned into a very, very full-time thing. Mm. And I'm at Central St. Martin's in my final yes, year doing yeah. fashion history and theory, oh, which brilliant. I really love. But it is a real challenge doing both. And it is very hard when you have to turn things down that you really want to do. Yeah. And sometimes I don't. I had a great opportunity to go to Italy with Gucci and I would be missing a few lectures. You know what? I thought you don't say no to Gucci and I went. Yeah, my shoes weren't thrilled. But there have been other things I've had to turn down mm. and that is frustrating. Mm. But I kind of I got to kind of year two of a three year degree, mm. so uh, that I really and you know it's never a bad thing to have. No, absolutely. But hopefully, as of May, I will be going full time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. you must be. And how do you feel about that? What what sort of preparations are you making, mm. if any? It's quite oh, far right away. now. I'm just trying to get through everything. Um, but it's. I mean, when I started the blog, I could never have imagined that it would ever be in that kind of position mm. Mm. and it was actually when I, Emily was on this trip with Gucci as well oh, yeah. and it was when I went on that trip I think it was just before she went full-time and we oh, were yeah, talking about that and at most everyone else there was full-time mm. and that's when I first thought 
And, you know, I enjoy it so much. Mm. It would be amazing to actually, you know, be able to do it full yeah. time without having to then go to the library and write an essay. Yeah. So enough. I think I, I do a lot of projects with brands now mm. and some modeling mm. and some social media consultancy. Mm. So I guess once I graduate, I'll be doing more of that, pursuing more opportunities and very much getting my head around the business side of it. And presumably also because you've got an agent, you're kind of... They'll, they'll be kind of putting things in place for you as well. Yeah, that's very much the modelling mm. side of it, not mm. the blog. I do oh, right, most okay. of my blog collaborations myself. Oh, right, okay, Because yeah. I've worked with agencies, and I think they can be great, mm. and especially in the States, they mm. can be really great. But my experience here is what much quite similar to Emily. I, I like how it is more hassle to handle it yourself. Mm. But then obviously, there's, you know, you don't give some of the fee to someone else. Mm -hmm. But also when you've got the relationships with the PRs and with the the brand marketing teams mm. that's something really valuable and it's often just a lot easier just mm. if it's just a two-way thing yeah okay interesting um and you were mentioning before about your kind of personal style posts tell me how you do those how you got into doing those who's <sighs> taking the pictures what's your kind of setup well uh, the pictures have evolved they were as i mentioned Absolutely terrible initially. Oh, really? I, okay. got, I remember in Paris when I was doing the internship, I was there on my own, mm -hmm. just asking random people in the street to mm -hmm. take them. They also all thought I was completely mad, um, having no shame about that, which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> and then for a long time, it was whatever housemate was unfortunate enough to be in the kitchen yeah. making a cup of tea when I wanted to take a picture. So there were lots of... Which uh, must have been sort of equally like they were uneven in quality. They were, yes, they, they vary. <laughs> Depending on how annoyed they were with you yes, at that point. Yeah. yeah, or if it was raining or something. Um, and now, recently, I've, I have a couple of photographers who I work with, mm -hmm. um, which is great. And, you know, it means the pictures are really good. Mm -hmm. And we just, I did it this afternoon, actually, we get together and we kind of shoot five outfits. Okay. And is that like very much a kind of professional arrangement? Like, are you kind of... It's uh, it, it like is it a friend who just is good at photography or is no, it? No, they're photographers who I've met through, right. but they're young. They, you know, they're young mm -hmm. photographers, mm -hmm. and we kind of work together. And then if I have a project with a mm -hmm. brand, for instance, well, as you published mm -hmm. on your site, my mm -hmm. project with Louis Vuitton, mm -hmm. then I used one of my photographers for that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of all a mutual. Yeah. But no, it's, you know, it means the pictures are really great, and I'm a terrible photographer, which is right. a disadvantage yeah. as a blogger. Yeah. And it's a lot better, you know, getting someone proper to do it than self-timer, which I did do for a long time. And I head down to yeah. fine art, balancing yeah. on a chair with a mirror behind. Oh, it's so but good. not as good as having it really... People seem to go... It seems to be either, like, people either do this sort of self-timer thing or they have a uh, photographer boyfriend. That which would is be the really, ultimate really useful. vlogger accessory, isn't it? I know, I need, I need to get one of those. Coincidentally, everyone dates photographers. Yeah, so it would be very useful. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah, that's true. Um, Emily, vlogger boyfriend, uh, photographer boyfriend. Totally, <laughs> vlogger boyfriend. <laughs> no, unfortunately, mine's a banker. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's I really know, good. I kind of wish I'd done the photography. <laughs> but mine's not as much style, street style. Like, Ella's is very much mm. kind of... Ella, mm -hmm. um, and mine isn't as much street style. So. And so what, why did you choose to do what... Because you, yours is... There's lots of shopping on your site. I always think of kind of like <laughs> stuff to buy, <laughs> stuff that you want. Like, yeah. how do you choose which route to go? Because like, you could obviously do kind of personal style, like... I think for me, it just didn't feel right. Right. I think... And to be honest, a blog is all about you. Mm. So you have to feel comfortable writing about what you feel comfortable writing about. Mm. So trying to be something that you're not doesn't mm. really work. Uh, and for me, I think I was more comfortable writing about what was happening in the mm. world mm -hmm. um, and writing about amazing things that you can find online to buy. Yeah. Um, and that kind of transitioned into then doing 
more store openings and lifestyle features mm -hmm. and things like that. It just was a more natural fit for mm -hmm. me. And I've been writing press releases for 10 years. Right, so I think course. also yeah. when you're in PR, you're used to being behind the scenes and you don't want everything to be about you, 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 mm. and you mm. want it to, you know, you're used to PRing something mm. else. So for me, it was just a natural fit to mm. stay behind the scenes, I think. And, you, and I always think the brilliant thing about your blog, which we mentioned, we did a kind of podcast about how to do the most brilliant blog with all the kind of top UK fashion bloggers. And we had, um, we were talking about how you do outfit du jour. And right. it's, it's basically like this kind of, post that you do that's become like a sort of mini brand within the fashion foie gras brand that's really well known isn't it yeah I and think when you google image shirts outfit du jour you get like 4,000 <laughs> yes of my <laughs> outfits in little stars um so talk us through for people who haven't seen your blog perhaps okay. talk us through what it is how you came up with it and why it's been so successful specifically outfit du jour yeah okay um, outfit du jour is basically, I mean, at style blogs, um, put together outfits, they put it on a person, you see it on that person. And outfit du jour came about with more of a thought of not everybody has the same body type and you might have trouble, um, seeing yourself in an outfit if it's on a human being. Whereas if it was just laid out, and I know a lot of magazines do this as well. And Instagrammers now do this where they just lay the clothes out flat so you can see them. And in your own head, you know what you look like. So looking at the image of the outfit, you can then put it on yourself as opposed to seeing it on something that might be completely opposite to you. And it was just started, you know, randomly, Outfit Du Jour, because the, somehow the blog, I mean, with the French <laughs> name, I don't even know how that came up. Uh, so it all seemed to it's fit. It's very memorable, though. I mean, it it's is kind really of good. crazy. Um, and then, yeah, and then brands started taking notice. Um, I'm sure we'll kind of touch on affiliates and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But for me, it was a way to show brands that actually people were looking at the site and purchasing on the site mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so everything's linked so that brands can see, oh, wow, Emily wrote about a great pair of jeans mm -hmm. that we're selling mm -hmm. and people are buying that. So so, tell us a bit about affiliates now that you've touched on it. Cause it um, yeah, so basically affiliates mm -hmm. for bloggers, and this is a really big way that blogs are monetizing their sites these days, is with affiliates where every link that you create is more or less uh, put through a system. Mm -hmm. And that system generates a percentage that comes back to you if, a, if an item is purchased. Say, for example, if you're working with a big outlet like Matches or Browns or something like that, and you talk about a jacket or you wear a jacket or um, in any way that jacket is featured on your site, then it's most likely going to have a link on that. Mm. And that's where income is generated. Mm. And there's it's a huge, huge thing at the moment. I mean, last time I heard there were some American bloggers that were making $50,000 a month. Uh, and that's a lot of money. And it actually, funnily enough, I was saying that to my boyfriend's banker friends the other day. <laughs> they were going, hold on, that's more than we make. Yeah. Like, What's going on? You know, like 19-year-old girls are making $50,000 a month. This is insane. Um, so does everyone understand the affiliate thing? Because it is a bit confusing. So like, if you see a pair of boots being written about on Emily's site, say you click through from Emily's site to go to Net-A-Porter to buy them, then Net-A-Porter can track that you've come from Emily's blog. And because of that, they, if it results in a purchase, then Emily will get a percentage. But so it's, it's all they so know where their customers yeah. have come from. But so. more important than even that is if there isn't a purchase made, is that the brand sees that you're actually engaging and they're engaging through a specific place. So it's good for these brands to see that actually working with a specific blogger is paying off for them, whether it's in brand awareness or it's just it, or it's an actual purchase. Mm. But I think also people are really looking at brand awareness at the moment. So if you click through it's just a way that people can say this actually is working. And mm. for bloggers, that's what puts 
all of us light years ahead of things, even like print magazines, mm -hmm. unfortunately, because unless you're on an iPad, which yeah, you yeah. are, <laughs> yeah. um, that have links. But unfortunately, a lot of print magazines, um, when you're reading a magazine, you go into store and buy something. Who's yeah. to know no, that exactly. from that magazine that you've come into the store? Yeah. So it's just a really good way of connecting the dots, really, in retail. Yeah. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, and so Outfit du Jour, I think I always think it's such a great example because I think a lot of people are really into fashion, yeah. but maybe they're not, you know, you were obviously kind of modeling before. Uh, not, uh, not everyone has the kind of confidence to be the person in their own blog, but they still want to write about fashion. I think actually Outfit du Jour, you should definitely have a look at Emily's blog because it, it's a way that you can sort of imagine you can still be engaged with fashion and, and still, you know, kind of put across a point of view without actually having to be in all the outfits. Well, that's kind of, I mean, I think that there is this common misconception that you have to be a certain body shape mm. or you have to be a certain size or look a certain way to get into blogging uh, or to get into fashion in general. And I think we've just shown that that's absolutely not the case mm. at the moment. Mm. Um, you don't have to be six feet tall. Mm. You can be six foot three. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to be a size zero. Mm. There, you know, we're really breaking the rules mm. here and mm. it's creating a much friendlier atmosphere. Mm. Um, and, you know, these girls on stage, these guys have become some of my best friends in this industry. So it's a really lovely lovely place. Mm. I think a lot has been said about bloggers, mm. but I think it's a really lovely environment at the moment. I think we're all really welcoming. Please tweet. We will retweet. <laughs> <laughs> like it is. We're very friendly it's people. Good, good <laughs> I'll take her up on that. Um, uh, so Ella, tell us about kind of all your, like tell us about all the kind of Twitter action and because you're really good on all the different elements of yeah, Twitter engagement. for me is my biggest social platform, I would say, um, but I treat it very much like a job. So every morning at about half nine, I sit there and I schedule maybe between like 20 to 40 tweets for the next 24 what? hours. Are yeah, you serious? Yeah. Because it's such a, b a good traffic driver to yeah. my site because I have quite a big following on Twitter and people usually have it open in the office during the workday, I guess, like mm. in the background and they might just check mm. it like every 30 minutes. So I will have a tweet going out every 45 to 50 minutes with a link to my latest post or like an mm. old post, mm. like flashback, remember when this happened? <laughs> just like there will be constant links all day, like just constantly going out there. And that's really time consuming, but if I don't don't do it, mm. I really notice the difference mm. within my stats. Mm. And Facebook, not so much, but again, I schedule Facebook posts. I'm very, like, I'll just sit there and be like, I need to do this, 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 and this, because it's just so important now. That's so, or do, do the two of you do that as well? I am a little more of a tweeting. It's like, I mean, I do really, really use social media. Twitter's mm -hmm. my biggest platform as well, and Instagram. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I've Several times through the day, I'll be like, right, I have to tweet all the posts. I have to do some pins. Mm -hmm. I have to mm -hmm. do a your turn. I have to do an Instagram. So I have the kind of, the, obviously, the work element of it. Mm. Then I'm also a random tweeter and Instagrammer mm. if, mm -hmm. you know, any old rubbish, something I've seen on TV, what that's, I'm wearing. That's good. But I found it's, as well as getting, for me, well, partially, you know, it's just endless oversharing of things that you think are funny and probably aren't. <laughs> and that, that, isn't that the definition of Twitter? Yeah, that's <laughs> the point, isn't it? 140 <laughs> characters of rubbish. <laughs> All really interesting content. <laughs> um, but it's also, I found, it's been a really, really good way to engage with um, well, with readers mm -hmm. and with brands. Because mm -hmm. obviously I do a lot of personal style posts and work mm. with brands in that capacity mm -hmm. kind of every day. Well, as long as I'm not wearing something poorly, I'm not going to do it if I'm, you know, 
in home in an old t-shirt. Yeah. But, you know, I'll do an Instagram selfie of what I'm yeah. wearing. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's good for that kind of thing. And then, you know, I also, I don't just use it for work. I use it haphazardly. But there is that element to it. It is a huge content driver. Mm -hmm. And as Ella said, if you don't do it, you really, really notice. Mm -hmm. So it can't all be tweets about Made in Chelsea. Yeah. To be, here's a link. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emily... Um, tell us about how you use Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is one of my biggest as well. So, are you getting up at what is it? What time do you get up to do that? Oh, I, I do it like after I've already like set everything because I schedule content as well. Okay. So I'll make sure everything's all organised and my posts are up, so I have the links. So good. I'm just, yeah. I'm just like Monica from Friends. I'm super organised. So impressive. And then I will just sit there and write tweets, and it's actually really hard to write tweets to like think about another way to title your posts like 50 yeah. times and yeah. make it interesting all the time to make people yeah. want to click on it. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah. Saying often I, I kind of I write, you know, a link to a post and I suddenly think, oh God, if I just tweeted the exact same thing yeah. that I tweeted four yeah. hours ago. It doesn't let you though. You can't tweet the same thing. Or like so yeah. your yeah. changed. <laughs> but I do think that actually for those of you that are trying to reach out to brands or you're writing blog posts about brands, um, I always say that if you're tweeting something about, let's just use Ralph Lauren as mm -hmm. an example, tag the brand. Mm -hmm. So with emails, if you're trying to get in touch with a brand, you never really know where that email is going to go mm -hmm. or if it's even going to get into an email box, it might end up in spam. With a tweet, mm -hmm. there are entire teams now that mm -hmm. sit on brands' Twitter mm -hmm. to make sure maybe it's half crisis management and the other half you know, <laughs> just keeping yeah, in touch sure. with their crowd. And those people are always looking at the tweets coming in. So if you tweeted them with an amazing blog post about the brand, they're most likely going to put that on to someone mm -hmm. who is marketing or PR so they can see what's being said in a mm -hmm. blog post. And all of a sudden, your blog goes on their radar. So I think social media might be really great for traffic, mm -hmm. but it's just also really, really good for brand management as well mm -hmm. and really getting, on these, getting your foot in the door with these big brands. So I would say definitely tag people in mm -hmm. your tweets. Mm -hmm. and for Tell me, people how to tag. At yes, <laughs> um, we have to assume that like there okay, yeah. so, aren't. And I always look it up, so I think you never really know if someone is. So some brands are kind of late to the ball game, mm -hmm. um, so look them up, look and see. I, and I do this for everything. If there's ever anyone I can tag in a post, I do mm -hmm. because I just think this is how Twitter works. It's almost like the World Wide Web. You're trying to link in everyone. So the more you do that, the more likely you are to get retweets, and then retweets equal followers. So. This is good. Yeah. These are very good tips, I have to say. Um, Ella, tell yeah. us about, like, obviously you get up at 3 a.m. to schedule a million pages. I don't, I don't get so Why don't we go through and get everyone to say a kind of average day? And I know that your okay. joy of blogging is, an, is no sort of average day, but assuming mm -hmm. you're not being whisked away by Carl Lagerfeld, <laughs> what, what would you be doing? Uh, so I usually get up at maybe like 6.30 or 7. Um, yeah, it's early. Working um, for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually I'll always have breakfast first though because I need to like get my head settled and everything. Then Are I'll you Instagramming breakfast? Do <laughs> yeah. you, you actually have a break? I not. No. No. I'm not as good on Instagram. I feel like Twitter has taken over my life. Oh, right. So, in, And you can't schedule on Instagram. So oh, okay. Yeah. When you can, I'll be all over it. Um, so yeah, then I kind of turn on my laptop, look through emails. I usually have my posts written for the day, so I know what's going to go up. I don't have to be worrying about writing. Mm -hmm. I used to write on the day, which was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I'd turn on the computer, and if nothing had happened, I'd just 
just do a lap of the internet like 50 times until I find, found a tiny story that I could yeah. feature and it was just terrible. So now I make sure everything is already written the day before and so I'll get, make it live, schedule all my tweets, schedule all my posts and then start writing the content for the next day, deal with emails and it just kind of goes on in that circle over and mm. over again mm. and it just never stops basically. I mean, Which I'm sure is the same for you guys. Is it hard to switch off? Because that sounds like a lot of kind of... I mean, yeah. basically, in theory, you, you're never done, are you? With that no, kind of job? you're literally never done. Apart from maybe, like, Christmas Day, when you know oh. no one is going to be reading it anyway. So you're like, there's, <laughs> there's no point. Like, I can just do nothing because no one's going to be reading. But, yeah, basically never. But I, that's my personality anyway, mm. so... Mm. This is the perfect job for me. Or <laughs> the worst job yeah. for you, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, Emily, are you are you working oh God, in that? I'm kind just of as bad. Are you? Oh no. Yeah. Okay, I think I might be. Actually, we sort of we used to in the very beginning. We used to tweet each other. There's a group of us, and it'd be like 3 a.m. And we'd send out oh this tweet. Goodness. Is anyone still awake? And you oh, kind of get these shout out calls. We're here with you. <laughs> um, I think yeah. My day starts at 6:30. Um, and that I do actually keep a laptop next to my bed. Mm -hmm. I, I start and finish the day with the laptop. Um, and it's getting up in the morning and the first thing I do, and I have to actually admit that I have special ringtones for certain people who give me good news. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> and I sleep with my iPhone. It used to be my Blackberry, now it's my iPhone <laughs> <laughs> under my pillow. So when it goes off, I actually do get up at 4.30 in the morning oh. if need be to write something. Um, who, who's, who, like, is, are these PRs or like? Yeah, PRs. I mean, I think the whole thing for fashion news is, of course, that it really truly is 24 seven mm. because it's on a global level. Mm. level. So if someone in New York is writing to they're five hours behind. If it's something in LA that's happening, it's who's eight got, hours who's behind. Who's got a special ringtone? Oh, I can't. Tell us. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I sources. Uh, no, I mean, a lot of them, for example, um, I was in a meeting earlier and I had an a email from a girl at Harper's Bazaar who was giving me the cover for Kate Hudson nice. for December 2013. And those are things where I just have to say to whoever I'm with, I'm sorry, if you could just give me five minutes, yeah. I'll be really quick. And but how do out. your friends and family react to that? Because this Not does well. sound a bit like <laughs> the, the um, pop from Devil Wears Prada. It's getting a little bit better. I think in the beginning, I was way too much of an overachiever right. uh, and doing way too much. And then you just have to slow down a bit and kind of take count of what matters mm. and make time for friends and family. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Ella's right. I mean, the only day I take off and the only day I have taken off in four years is Christmas Day. And even on that day, actually, at night, I'll do a little write-up if like, I what got an amazing... What are you writing about? I, I, you would be surprised. People send press releases on Christmas Day. No it's way. It's sick. I know, right? Um, and then I also, I, I kind of find that... Because there's a little bit of personality in my blog, as in mm -hmm. like very personal stuff that I'll post occasionally. Mm -hmm. And once in a while, there'll be some special moment that I'll want to share. Mm. Um, and very oddly, we got a puppy in August, and oh. it's a golden retriever. And I started writing about it. And I did like one post, like introducing him as the FFG family. And then I had people asking for daily updates. So oh my God. From being fashion to being like daily golden retriever. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Golden retriever du jour. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do something like, uh, it was some sauce or something, and my mom thought it wasn't a good idea because people would think I was cooking my golden retriever. <laughs> so we sort of put that one off the, uh, the burner. Um, but yeah, I think it depends on what your blog is, actually. Mine, mm -hmm. I've gone all in, which in retrospect probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but mm -hmm. I've got myself into it now. Um, and so yeah, it's a full service job. Ella, please provide some balance. These poor, terrified <laughs> audience members. I'm like, we have to get up. Oh my God, I'm going to stick in my day job. I, 
Um, well, to be honest, I'm in the same boat in many ways. I'm right. also up either 6 or 6.30. And I sleep iPhone and iPad by my bed, laptop in the next room. So the first thing I do is check my emails, mm -hmm. check Twitter, check Instagram, check the weather. Um, and my days are probably more varied because, very luckily, I'm not doing fashion news, mm -hmm. so it's not quite so time sensitive. Mm -hmm. My post will usually revolve around what I did and wore the week before mm -hmm. with then if I did an interview um, or there's a really great designer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if I'm doing a project with a brand, that'll have a set date. Mm -hmm. Or if something really fantastic comes up, then I'll write about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's that, that's why I started the blog, to write about things I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If something really amazing happens, mm -hmm. I want to write about it there and then. Mm -hmm. But my days are actually very varied. I will, I'll always be, I'll just get up, have breakfast, and then sit on my laptop for a good hour, usually going through emails. Mm. And so kind of go through my emails and do my, I, again, will have my post written. Mm -hmm. So then I'll publish my first post before I leave the house, whether that's at 11 a.m. or mm. 7 a.m., mm. just so I've got it up there because, mm. and, you know, share it across all the social platforms. Mm -hmm. And then I will either be kind of running around to meetings or in uni mm -hmm. or yeah. maybe in a shoot. Um, and I mean, my day's a lot of back and forth, in and out, whether it's kind of two hours in the library, lunch meeting, home for three hours of blog work, out to an event in the evening, which is most evenings, because I do a lot of event stuff and mm. I enjoy it. Um, so it's a very... Long day. It's a very non-stop. Mm. And with the time differences as well, as soon as you start doing stuff internationally, then it's just... And yeah, I'm terrible about switching off. I'm appalling. I was on holiday with my family this year and I spent about half it on my laptop. I had my yeah. out of office on and replied to every email anyway. Yeah. It is difficult to switch off, but I know I think although it's a lot of work and it's it's not like being in an office, I suppose, because if you don't do it, the only person affected is you. Mm. Mm. Um so it's you know, you can't kind of count down the hours till five. It's like, well you, you know, you've got to get it done at some point. Mm. And it is pretty nonstop, but it's, I, I, I think we're so lucky to all be doing something that we love so much. But yeah, friends and family don't always appreciate phones at the dinner table, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's finding a balance, which I think I'm definitely still yet to do. But it's good, I mean, it's obviously amazing to be doing something you're so passionate about that you can't stop effectively. So yeah, let's talk about, let's just talk about your kind of highlights, I guess would be a good place to sort of finish up. So um, Ella, what, what have been your kind of most outstanding moments? Um, what do you think are your kind of greatest hits? And also tell us kind of what you, um, yeah, just tell us your greatest okay. hits. Let's start with that. Um, so I think for me, the biggest thing was when Barbara returned to London and they did their first mm. big show back in London. I think it was spring, summer 09. I can't mm. really remember. Mm. But I was in my second year of university then, and that was my first ever London Fashion Week. It was my first big oh. show. And so for me, it was just so exciting. And I've never been that excited about anything since. And I don't think I ever will be again, because once you've done Fashion Week, you know, for a good couple of seasons, although it's so fun and we're so lucky to be there and get to experience it in person you do get slightly jaded by the experience <laughs> and you're like oh my god it's raining like why am I here again we have to queue to get into it like <laughs> it just becomes more of work and for that it, it wasn't it was yeah. just me being I think I was 19 and 
I was invited and I was like, ah, oh. and Victoria Beckham was there and Anna Winter <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same room yeah. as them and, and I was just so overwhelmed with excitement. So I think that was a really big one for me. And then this time last year, H&M took me out to New York for the um, Marta Margiela H&M mm. collection launch and it was just this crazy party in this building that kind of looked like it was going to fall down. <laughs> but I was like, if I die here, I'm with Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker and Kanye West. So it kind of <laughs> doesn't even matter. And it was just incredible and just one of those pinch yourself moments mm -hmm. where you're like, I can't believe like this just started as a hobby when I was 16 and now I'm in New York with Carrie Bradshaw. So, so good. So good. <laughs> so those were my two <laughs> very best, good highlights. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emily, um, in four see. years, what's happened? Oh, goodness. Okay, um, 2011, uh, that's going back a bit. Uh, I designed a bag for Coach. So, um, cool. yeah, that was, I think, a highlight. Uh, and it sold out in 24 hours, which was <gasps> oh quite surprising goodness. since it was 550 pounds. Did you get one? <laughs> yeah, no, they were very kind to me. Uh, and I was actually, the day before it launched, I was sitting in there thinking, this is the moment everyone finds out I'm a fraud. Oh. <laughs> like, no one will buy the bag, and I will go down as the worst blogger <laughs> collaboration in history. Oh, wow. um, And I had a call saying it completely sold out, and I was very happy about that. Um, and then I think more recently, obviously, you could probably tell by how, time, how many times I've mentioned them on stage tonight. Ralph Lauren is like my reason for being. <laughs> um, and uh, I got taken out for the, one of their very first shows. Well, I've gone to the show now twice, which the first one for me, I was sitting. Actually, there was someone from Grazia behind me and someone from another <laughs> oh, magazine. Right. Will not mention. <laughs> uh, oh, not in a bad way. <laughs> no, no, they're Emily, very junior. Major very junior. <laughs> um, and then uh, someone from another magazine in front of me, and they both turned to me and said, just whatever you do, please don't rush the stage. So I think at that point, everyone knew how obsessed <laughs> I was with this man. And he ended up sitting um, with Andre Leon Talley, oh, two rows in front of us before the show. And I was sitting there like shaking, just, ah, I can't believe this. And um, so I've gone out to do that twice. And then last year, no, actually earlier this year, I'm so losing track of time. Earlier this year, they flew me out to go to their first ever Lauren by Ralph Lauren show. So for me, those are really big moments. Mm. Obviously, I'm a big American mm -hmm. brands mm -hmm. advocate on the UK soil. Mm. So anytime I can work with an American brand, I'm pretty over the moon. Mm. Yeah, excellent. No, that sounds amazing. And Ella? Well, there have been a lot of pinch yeah. me moments. Um, Fashion Week every season, I love. Some of the work I've done with Louis Vuitton has been absolutely amazing. Tell, it, tell us what you did with Louis Vuitton. I've done a couple of shoots with them. Um, to One was, they actually both do their selfages things. One was with the cruise collection that's now in the townhouse, that was the launch was last week. And the other was with the shoes. And it was just that having that relationship with a brand that I'm personally obsessed with. And like that, it's been amazing. And getting to go to their show, Mark Jacobs' final show, mm -hmm in Paris this season was really, really That's incredible. Really cool. It was a massive reality shop, and I, as I got the Eurostar back and went straight to the library the next morning, yeah. it's kind of a bit, so that was really amazing. And I mean, there have been so many. Going on this trip with Gucci that Emily went on as well was definitely a highlight. There were kind of 10 bloggers from all over the world. I was very much the youngest and the newest, and we stayed in amazing places, went to the museum, went to the show, which was really, really lovely. And getting to meet fantastic designers mm. at my fashion week, although it is exhausting, I look forward to it so much every mm. season. Mm. And I do, last time I did New York, London and Paris, which were all really, really amazing. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. I was exhausted yeah. by the end. But 
I mean, there have been a lot of pinch me moments and I'm enjoying it a lot. That's so great. And, uh, and I wanted to talk about the shows because you're, are you all on the blogger panel for British Fashion Council? Do you, Ella, do you want to tell us how that works and uh, what it is and what, how it works? Yeah, well, I think for them, um, they kind of got to the point where, because basically to go to, to get a pass for Fashion Week, um, you have to apply for accreditation. And I think they said, was it something like a thousand it's bloggers? It's like a crazy season. number of bloggers that apply mm -hmm. for this every season. And they know that that's just growing and growing mm -hmm. each each season of Fashion Week. And so they were like, you know, we can't have all these people here at once. And so they essentially got a group of established bloggers within the UK mm -hmm. to kind of tell them what we need from Fashion Week, what we think is working, what isn't working. Mm -hmm. And then I think hopefully they're going to take all of that and kind of change things up a bit. I know that now they've created this list where I think they give accreditation to 50 bloggers um, for Fashion Week, which doesn't sound like that many, mm -hmm. but I think people um, slightly misunderstand what the pass means. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can get into the shows. It just means you can get into the exhibition, which is mm -hmm. essentially more for buyers than mm -hmm. press anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have a relationship with a brand and they want you at their show, you can still go to their show whether or not you have mm -hmm. this official pass from the BFC. But I think they're going to change it and do more stuff to kind of help nurture bloggers within London as well. So That's great. Though. I mean, isn't that an amazing kind of sign of the times? Yeah, like, amazing. Because when, when you first went to London Fashion Week, that like presumably you I mean like you said you went because you're invited by a brand yeah. but you probably couldn't have I didn't know in. how anything worked at yeah. all people were like oh what shows are you going to like what did you request so I was like what do you mean what did I request I didn't yeah. know you had to request tickets I thought yeah. if people wanted you at their show they'd just invite you and then you go so I was like oh I'll just wait until someone invites me um I didn't know that you had to email people and be like hi I'd really like to cover your show this season like yeah. I'd like to I just I mean I didn't know how it worked at all and I think it took me maybe like a good two or three seasons to really actually work out and learn how mm. the system works because mm. it's quite confusing and then so the first couple of seasons I was just going where I had the actual invite yeah so. which is nice it's a nice position yeah position and when, and when the invite is Barbary I mean that's you yeah. can't really complain yeah. <laughs> well so. and so what was your first show was my first show well, actually when I, I I got the accreditation my first season I had my blog going probably four months and I misunderstood it and thought it meant I could go to every show. Yeah. <laughs> so I arrived and I had the rather embarrassing experience of having what it actually meant explained to me. And I mean I was just so thrilled to be there at all. Yeah. This was seven seasons ago. I knew absolutely no. We're probably we're pretty really confusing everyone. So basically you Grazia for instance will send her a request saying we would like to go to this, this, this show and these are the people that would like to go. Um, but equally you can get a press pass that just sort of lets you into the area, but you can't get into the shows themselves. So you had a pass that just let you into the area, but that doesn't mean that you then get to go to the shows. No. Luckily, some of the brands very kindly did let me, and then I got my head around it for the next season. I mean, how funny, because like, I think the, thi the thing that's kind of complicated about bloggers is you are kind of established in the sense that you have a big following, but then something like that can happen where you kind of... You're, you're yeah. equally you're an outsider in the industry, I mean, I even if you have lots of readers. Yeah, no, it was it was it's all been learning learning as I go. Yeah, which I think is the same for everyone because it's all yeah, yeah. pretty new new territory. Yeah, 
And and so Emily was it with the Ralph Lauren shows your first shows or had God you been no. to shows? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you blagged your way in. Somehow. Yeah, no, no, I never blagged. I'm very <laughs> proud to say I never yeah. blagged my way in anywhere. Um, yeah, my first fashion week was London, but I have to admit that I was actually going to fashion week before I started the blog because I had oh friends right. in New York that oh were right. editors who were coming over. Oh. So, um, but, I oh but that's great though. So you kind of knew vaguely how it But I had no idea how you requested tickets. <laughs> I mean, I was so sliding through with friends, so mm. I didn't know anything about anything mm. for fashion week. Um, and my, I, I say shows, there was like, I think it was my first one was Nicole Farhi. Uh, right, and I and that was kind of for me, and I'll never forget actually, because I'm pretty sure it was they played Gold Digger, Kanye West at a show, and I remember sitting there just being like, "What is this world?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, an amazing moment. I don't, and I still I look back on that because a lot of people ask me what was my first fashion mm. show, and I didn't even have the blog at that time, and I really didn't even know what it was about or what goes into it, and my understanding of fashion at that point in comparison to what I know now with what goes into every show, the process for selecting music, mm -hmm. the actual idea of designing is so different. And sitting at a show now is just mm -hmm. a completely different mm -hmm. experience. Uh, and that goes for all four fashion weeks, some of them more intense than others. <laughs> and so you all like, when you turn up now, you must all be photographed and recognized. And I mean, you kind of, you are celebrities in the blogging world because people know who you are. <laughs> No, you, we're, you, you, we're mostly just standing out in the rain with everyone else, trying to like umbrellas. get, in, yeah, trying to get Sharing in. Umbrellas, really. Like, where are you sitting? Like, is this the seat of queue? Is this the standing queue? It's, yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't believe you. There's no, okay. no special treatment. There really is. Um, tell us. Oh, okay. We're going to wind up now. I just want to ask you one last question. If there's one piece of advice you can give everyone here, assuming they kind of want to be where you are, what what would be the the biggest thing you've learned? during your time? Uh, it can be big or small. It can be some geeky kind of technical thing. I would just say be so organized that, <laughs> that yeah. you, you just like, but you have to, if you want it to be successful, you have to treat it mm -hmm. like it is a profession, like it is a job, like it, essentially like it's a magazine. So you, you can't just go into it being like, oh, I'll just slap this up. Mm. Oh, it's been five days since I posted. I'll just bung up this picture. You have to get into a routine. You have to know when you're posting. You have to be very on it with social media. And if you have to schedule it, if you don't have the time, then make sure you are scheduling it. You just have to be organized, I think. And tell us what your first post was about. It was <laughs> so embarrassing. I've deleted it now because it was so oh bad. No, it you was can't do that. That's I know. The joy yeah. of vlogs is seeing what the first post was. It was about Neighbours, <laughs> the Australian soap opera, and how it was such a great show and everyone should watch it. And it was on on, on Channel Five at five thirty p.m. And like Harold was great. It was it was basically that. So brilliant. Yeah. I'm sure that'd be out there. You, nothing gets lost on the internet. I hope everyone. So. I kind of I want now. it back. But <laughs> I think. It's gone <laughs> forever. Um, we'll find it. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, Emily, uh, I think mine is hard work will get you everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think there, you know, there's this attitude now, like, as I mentioned earlier, that blogging now you're too late to the game. I think that's a total mm -hmm. lie. Um, and everything you put into it, you will get out of it. And I think brands all notice that. Magazines notice that. Mm. Everybody notices when you put your everything mm. into it. And I really do think you have to put everything on the table. 
that doesn't necessarily mean going tomorrow and quitting your job, but it does mean just giving everything that you have to give. So any sort of extra energy you have. So I know for a lot of us, it, whether it's school or work, we were going home and we were doing it. So every ounce of extra energy we had, it went to creating something. And I think with a lot of hard work comes the rewards. Brilliant. Good advice. I think what Emily and Ella said are absolutely true and really, really important. But I also think with blogging is to make sure you are enjoying it. Because mm. whether you're doing it professionally or semi-professionally mm. or as a hobby, but you want it to be good, at the end of the day, it's a lot of work. There are no guarantees. And the point of it is to enjoy, you know, although it's very much a professional thing now, I just, for me at least, it's important to always be writing about things you love and enjoying mm. it. Because it's, you know, it's, it's hard work, it's long hours. Mm. But it's, if you enjoy it, it's worth it. Excellent. Very good. Thank you, ladies. Um, so we would like to hear some questions from the audience. Oh, immediately <laughs> in the front row, appropriately enough. Hi. Uh, Hi. I just wanted to know, when you start up, and how do you get to know about events that are happening, get invited to the show? I mean, you said you have to write and ask for accreditation, but you know, most of the time, at least I try and I work for a magazine that is not known at all. <laughs> and I just receive zip in return. And, and the same for events that are happening in London. There's always something that happens, but you find out the next day on Grazia. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a good question. <coughs> you know how the system works. What advice um, would you give? Well, I would say maybe Twitter is a good way in. If you follow all the bloggers or the editors that you like, if you kind of from them find out who they're following, who's in their network, then follow those people as well. Um, maybe follow a lot of the big PR agencies and brands and kind of see what they're talking about. Because maybe even if they have events that are a strict guest list, they also probably have events that are kind of more open as well within the year. So if you're kind of engaged in that conversation, even if you're not actually in it yourself, then perhaps you can kind of see through there and then maybe tweet in and be like, oh, I'd be really interested in covering this. I mean, things are so different now that than when I started that it's kind of the, the way I don't it's know how I now. would do it <laughs> because it was yeah. so different when I was starting. But I would I think that would probably be the smartest way to go about it. I don't know. I think also okay. just about if you really love a brand, it's about writing about them and letting the brand know you're actually on your blog. Because I think every brand um, has a Google alert set up so that they'll not all of them go through. I realize this, but I, for example, there were a lot of brands that I wrote about 15, 20 times before I ever got anything from their PR, and it was mostly the PR going, I'm sick of seeing you in my Google Alerts <laughs> and not knowing who you are, yeah. so let's go have a breakfast. But I think the most organic way to go about it is to share your interest in the brand first and foremost. Um, and if you don't get any response from that, I would say send them an email with a link to the blog post you've written so or the magazine article you've written and, and say, I'd really love to work with you. This is what I've written in the past. And if you have anything coming up, would you mind inviting me to it? So I think so many brands get approached by bloggers all the time and their blog's first line is, I would like to have this handbag or I would like to have this piece yeah. of clothing. Yeah. And there's no background at all on the fact that that person has shown any interest before. You're just asking. So I think if you provide for the brand or the PR upfront, then they know you're serious about what you're doing and they'll want to take you seriously and invite invite you to future events. But I think just on the idea of like with events and content mm -hmm. and things, 
I think all of us have kind of looked at blogging now as a 24-7 job, and every single thing we see or do is a chance for content. So I think it is about creating content and building up a readership and then showing the brands that you have that ability to create content, and then they'll want to invite you to the event so that, that content is in their favor. Mm. That sounds good. I would definitely reiterate what Emily and Ella both said about your content, because that's, I mean, why, you know, when I started, I didn't have a clue about sending mm. brands mm. my links or whatever, and then I did, and I started doing that, and that was hugely instrumental. Mm. Um, so I'd say, you know, writing about the brands, showing them that you are, because, you know, they want to invite you to the event because you've supported them or because you're going to write about it. And I was thinking really working to build those relationships with the PR companies with the and with the brands, because it's from those relationships mm. that then you'll be on their radar, on their mailing mm. list. And if you're providing the good coverage and the good content, then they'll want you there. Excellent. We've got, we're actually running out of time, I'm afraid, so we've got time for two more questions. Lady in the front row, well done. <laughs> <That was fun>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, can't miss you. Um, hello, Andrea. Um, I'm actually from the brand camp, and oh. uh, yeah, I thought Go and tell it, plug your brand. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a new brand. Uh, so I'm a, a fashion and accessory designer, uh -huh. and uh, I was just intrigued by uh, how do I? Uh, so I have all the platforms in place, like the Twitter, the website, um, but I have a tiny, tiny budget. So what would you give me as an advice uh, to get coverage from you? So how should I approach bloggers? Uh, because I'm sure you get inundated with thousands of messages. Hi, this is the new brand. I uh, just wanted to update you on my uh, new collection. Is there any tip that you could give me so I make sure I get some coverage from, from you guys? What I would say, firstly, um, is, I mean, obviously, we all get a lot of emails like that. But there's always room for content. I know that I always love hearing about new brands. The one thing that I would say, always, always do, do an individual email to that person. Don't send it to last, cause, because you can, people can tell, you know, do an address to that person and write it to that person rather than doing something completely generic. I say it's, it's just... Well, what's wrong with doing a generic thing to sell interest? Is it just kind of... I think, I mean, you're, I'm sure it's much the same grass. Yeah. You get so many press releases and emails that if it's kind of too blogger, or to oh, yeah, call, yeah. Yeah. or hi, darling, and you can see that you're one of 500 that have got it. Yeah, It's not so much kind of like you take offense, mm. but it's, it's and also you know that there'll be so many other people getting this. Yeah. Why would you want to cover it as well? That's, that's what I was driving at. I think it, 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 like there obviously is an element that you don't want to end up with the same content on your size. So maybe it's about kind of cherry picking the bloggers that you think would it like your brand and then approaching them first and i think think of look at the blog's content and think about the blog style whether your product fits with it because i kind of i sometimes get the press releases and it's something completely you know completely so opposite to my style and i just think it's always worth having a look at that first because mm. it's you know it doesn't do the brand any good to be on a site that's completely out of line with its um aesthetic I think as well, um, in like your first email to someone, it's always better to keep it quite short because mm. I, like Emily and Ella, I get so many emails a day and 
I, again, when new brands are kind of pitching themselves to me, I always want to read it properly and respond. But a lot of the emails I get will be like five paragraphs along, like a full background of uh, history of the brand. And I just don't have time to read it. And because I'm so overwhelmed by the text, usually in that situation, I will just delete it. So I think if it's just, you know, a really short paragraph, like, I really like your blog. I've just launched this brand. I think it would be a good fit. Here's the lookbook. Please let me know if you want some more information. I think that is usually more effective because mm. then you can always go back and ask for that background information, but I just don't think you need it all in the first email. I think that's really good advice. Mm. That, would, that would be my advice as well. Don't, yeah, not not too much to wade yeah. through. Emily, you're an XPR. You should be great at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my big thing Ella covered, which was just do away with the dear bloggers. I still get mm. probably 100 emails a day, dear mm. bloggers or yeah. dear blogger. It's like, we have a name. We've been around for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate actually what this Ella said, mm -hmm. uh, the idea of looking to see where you can fit into that blog. So whether it's approaching someone with a specific angle. So if you're talking to me, maybe you would say it's more of a story story, whereas I want to tell the story of my brand. Or maybe it's a certain piece that you'd like to see an outfit du jour. But it's about being able to speak about the blog yeah. knowledgeably. And that's kind of, you know, you've won the pitch already. If you can tell me something about my blog without, I mean, so many people actually go on blogs and they look at what's on the homepage. Oh, and yeah. then they'll e email and be like, I really love that story you did on Angelina Jolie, which is the top of the page. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's an instant yeah. like, wow, so you've just decided to look at the blog. Yeah. And now are you, so the whole thing with what we're saying with blogs doing brands favors, it sort of works in reverse as well. So uh, we do get approached by so many people. And so if they can just kind of cater it a little bit where you think it would fit in, I think it just speaks volumes that you really want to do something with the blog. So. Excellent. And do we have one last question? Anyone? Oh, sorry, over there. It's all in the front row. I like it. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name's Ryan. I'm just um, wondering that obviously, I imagine a lot of you blog about female fashion and that's the thing that predominantly takes up. I'm wondering about male fashion. Do you think now that it's up and coming that more males are going to be interested in blogs and they're going to get more involved. And if so, how would you market it to a male? Or Obviously, it's, I think it's different techniques are needed. And Actually, it's really else. funny you would say that because I've had, over the past two weeks, I've had more meetings with brands saying, do you know any good male blogs? Yeah. Uh, um, there is definitely a market for Jump it. Jump on it now as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, mm. now is the time. So I think in the past, even I think probably the past three months, it's kind of is where times were yeah. maybe four or five years ago for women. There just aren't any. And there are a few that are out there, they're good, but the rest of them are kind of eh. So I think you really have this opportunity to jump on a huge platform. Men are starting to look online a lot more. I mean, we were talking earlier about things like BuzzFeed, yeah. which is absolutely huge. It's not so much about men's fashion, but it is actually proving that guys are online, they're looking at stuff. Mm. Um, and even like the men that I talk to in the city, they're always saying, do you, can you recommend a good men's blog? Because we see you're talking about women's fashion, mm. but we want to know like, do you guys, like when they go out and they wear a shawl collar, does that work for us? So I think guys are much more open to, you know, looking at these sort of things. And they, I've heard a couple of male blogs that now have collaborations. So with skincare brands, with clothing brands. So it's definitely, there's a huge window there and I jump on it. Oh, good. Well, we hope that all of you have managed to get some uh, good tips tonight about doing your blogs and uh, tweet all of these guys. <laughs> um, no, they've invited you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have Julia from Grazia here who would love to hear all about your blogs if you would like to show her. <laughs> um, she's our social media manager. So, um, yeah, she would love to 
see your blogs, hear all about them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming. We are doing food blogging next week. So if you come here with the intention of starting a fashion blog, <laughs> and now you're thinking, we're going to be actually, <laughs> I don't care about fashion at all, I care about food, then come back next week. And actually come back anyway, because there'll probably be loads of kind of crossover um, tips that would work anyway. So um, thank you very much for coming. Thanks. And thank you to you guys. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.